Matthew chapter number two. It's what we refer to as the Christmas story. It almost as a pastor, you feel like you've got to go to Luke or Matthew at least once or twice during the Christmas season, uh, just so that you uh, are preaching on the Christmas uh, story, even though Walter says Christmas is not in the Bible, we still call it the Christmas story, uh, the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. He's not wrong. Christmas is not in there, but the birth of our Savior um, is. You know, you don't find, you don't find, one thing you don't find in the Bible, you don't find them celebrating the birth of Jesus throughout uh, uh, the New Testament church. I, I don't uh, know if that's necessarily uh, wrong for us to do that. I don't think it is. Um, I think any time that we can take a time out of our year and celebrate and worship the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, I think his birth is a great reason. If he, could, if he never came, then he would never die, and we, uh, we would not have Easter. And so uh, as, we, as we do look this upcoming week, uh, at the uh, birth of our Savior, we rejoice uh, because we know as, as followers of Jesus Christ, believers in Christ, we know why he came. He came so that we could have everlasting life, and we worship him for that. You know, there's a lot that um, we don't know about this story here in Matthew chapter 2. Uh, look with me, and let's read along Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. It speaks of the wise men, and there's a lot about the wise men we don't know. Um, now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, of Judea in the days of Herod the king behold there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem saying where is he that is born king of the Jews for we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him when Herod the king had heard these things he was troubled and all of Jerusalem with him and we had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, and thou Bethlehem in the land of Judah art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem. And said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. And when they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over the young child where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother. And fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened his treasure, their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. We read in these first 12 verses a story of what we call... Uh, the, the wise men, we, we uh, think uh, uh, there's three of them, though, although the Bible doesn't tell us uh, how many there actually were. We oftentimes, when we see a nativity sing or sing of the, the wise men, we think of it as three because of the gifts they brought, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We also don't know where these wise men came from, although we can study, and many Bible scholars believe that these wise men came from uh, Babylon, 
Many of them believe that they had learned and heard of Jesus, the Messiah, through Daniel, the prophet, and through reading through Old Testament scriptures. And so they studied there, and they, so they were from the east, and uh, Babylon would be about 300 or so miles from uh, this location. So although we're not sure how many there were, although we're not sure exactly what country they came from, and we also don't know how they got there. Now, I know, again, on our nativity scenes, we think of them traveling on, on camels, and, and they may have. We, we aren't sure. And the Bible doesn't tell us these things, and, and the reason why the Bible doesn't tell us these things is probably because it's not important for us to know. What's important for us to know is this. These men, these magi, these, these wise men, they were coming to worship Jesus Christ. They were coming to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That's why they came. That's why they traveled. And what they did once they got there, the Bible says, is they worshiped this baby Jesus. And we know that these, these uh, wise men were exceedingly wise because they sought to worship Jesus Christ. And church, we know this, that the Christmas season, as we celebrate this season, the season of Christmas is meant for us to worship Jesus Christ. Now, you know as well as I know, we get caught up in a lot of things. How many of you have got caught up in the Christmas season at one time this year or years past, and you've thought to yourself, this has nothing to do with the birth of Jesus or celebrating Jesus or worshiping Jesus. We just get caught up in things. Anybody like that? I know I do. You get caught up in things. And instead of worshiping Jesus this Christmas season, if we're not careful, we can get so busy that we miss the true meaning of the Christmas season. Why the wise men traveled this great distance to see this baby Jesus is because they knew that they were to worship him. These, wisest, these wise men teach us something. You know, the wisest thing that we can ever do is worship Jesus Christ the wisest thing we could ever do, not just during the Christmas season, but at any point, at any time, at any day, the wisest thing that we can always do with our lives is to worship Jesus Christ. And I want you to know this this morning, you cannot have the joy of Christmas until you learn to worship Jesus Christ, our Lord. You're not going to find it. You're not going to find it in gifts. You're not going to find it in the hustle and bustle of this season. You're not going to find it in all the things that we do on, and although many of those things aren't necessarily wrong, but if they take away the worship of Jesus Christ, we'll never find joy. And so I want to look at this morning, I want to look at these wise men. I want you to see these wise men. First of all, this morning, these wise men, they worship Jesus through great difficulty. Now, I believe this, many of us in our church have or will or are going through great difficulty. I think just this morning of someone like Earl Danforth, my, my heart went out to him as he called me this morning. I think of Mary, my heart goes out to her and these several others, the Klostermeyer families and others that this is a difficult season for them. 
I think of those that are sick and those that are just going through difficult times in their life. And I want you to know this though, that even though these, these wise men were going through difficulties, they still chose to worship Jesus Christ. And I say this with a heart of compassion. I say this really with a pastoral heart. Let's not let difficulties in our life, in our land, in, 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 in uh, our generation keep us from worshiping Jesus Christ. Would you agree with that? You say, what are the difficulties? These difficulties would be great distance. Now, my wife and I took several, about 26 or so people to Israel a couple years ago. And we're going to do that again in 2023, I believe. Uh, and we want to invite you to that trip. And we, we made a, 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 a voyage there to Jerusalem. Now, it was a little bit difficult. Ours, we missed some planes in our planes. Uh, there were some issues and all that, so it was a little difficult. But, you know, we got to travel through airports, and we got to travel on airplanes, and we got to eat meals. And, and I'll tell you, the, the uh, a distance might have been long, but I'll tell you, honestly, I think from traveling from where we left at Detroit and went to Tel Aviv and then bust in these comfortable buses, Jerusalem, even though our distance was a long distance, it was probably a much more comfortable travel than the wise men even traveled, even though they only had a short distance. Because traveling in those days was not a luxury. It was not easy. These wise men could have looked at the distance from Babylon, if that's where they came. We know they came from the east. They could have looked at the distance from the east and said, I'm going to travel through all of these, these uh, desert areas from all of these places that could cause us great harm. This is a difficult thing. We'll just simply stay where we're at and worship Jesus from here. But they didn't let the difficulties of the distance keep them from worshiping Jesus. The discomfort, obviously, the discomfort of traveling in those days didn't keep them from worshiping Jesus. You know, as I think about these wise men in all of the difficulties that they had through the distance, through the comfort, and through the dangers of worshiping Jesus, isn't it surprising today what, what excuses we, hurt, we use while we can't worship Jesus? I think you'd agree with this. There's no difficulty, there's no difficulty that we have today that ought to keep us from worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ this Christmas season because he's worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our worship. What does worship mean to you? Are you willing to give all? Are you willing to even go through difficult times to worship your Savior, Jesus Christ? In Jeremiah 29, 13, the Bible says, you shall seek for me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. And church, I wanna challenge you this Christmas season, worship Jesus with all of your heart. All of you, all of your heart. Don't leave anything back, be totally surrendered to the Lord in worship. God is not interested and God is worth more than a half-hearted worship. Would you agree with that this morning? Let's commit to give Jesus everything this Christmas season. Now, as we study this passage of Scripture and we look at the wise men, we look at these magi that traveled this great distance through discomfort. They, they traveled through great danger and they came to this place 
in Jerusalem and they met Herod and they began to ask Herod the king, where do we find this baby that was born? They knew of the scriptures in the past. They knew that this king of the Jews was to be born. They, they understood when they saw this star what this meant and they begin to travel and they come to this place. And, and this is something that I I want you to understand, I want to give you just a couple things today, this morning, that I hope that will help us and encourage us this Christmas season. But I want you to look with me and write this down. I want you to write this in your notes. How did the wise men seek Jesus? How did they even know he was there? How did they seek him? Maybe you're here today and you're searching. Maybe you're here today and you're wondering. You've got questions. But how, how did the wise men seek him? Think about this. They are miles away. There's, there's no internet. There's no TV. There's no radio. There, 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 there's nothing out there that, that, uh, uh, on, the, on the news that is, that is proclaiming the, the birth of Jesus Christ or that it's about ready to come. How, how did these, these wise men seek him? Look with me in verse number one again. I want you to go back to verse number one. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod, the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. How did they know he was there? How did they know to leave their home and go to Jerusalem? How did they understand this? How does someone know Christ? How can someone get to Christ? Would you write this down, number one, is this the work of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit of God was at work. It was God that put it in the hearts of these wise men to seek the Messiah. How do they know this? Because the Holy Spirit of God draws men and women and boys and girls to the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. No one comes to Jesus Christ without the work of the Holy Spirit. And here the Spirit of God is putting in the heart of these wise men the truth that they are going to follow and they're going to find Jesus Christ because God is at work. And I want you to know this morning, church, God is seeking you. He's working in your life. We need the Holy Spirit of God. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior. I want you to know that God is seeking you. The Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God desires you. The Spirit of God is working through His Spirit. He's working through His Spirit to draw you to Himself. Now, how did they... How did they they seek him. I would say this. First of all, they sought him because God's spirit was at work. Secondly, I want you to write this down. They sought him because of the message of the word of God. They sought him because of the word of God. These wise men knew scripture and they knew what scripture said that a Messiah was going to be born. You know, so often in today's world, man is looking for answers and man is looking for direction, yet he fails to go to the place where he finds the answers and he finds the truth and he finds direction. The word of God is the place that we find truth. It's no different for them and it's no different for us. 
They found the word, they found the, the, uh, the baby Jesus because of the message of the word. The word tells us in, in Micah 5 2, and this is, I'm sure, a, a passage that the wise men were studying. Micah 5 2, an Old Testament tells us this that this Messiah was going to be born in Bethlehem. So they knew that the Messiah was going to be born. They knew where he was going to be born. Why? Because the scripture tells us, aren't you so glad that you don't have to try to figure things out yourself how many of you are glad today for the word of god the word of god tells us in daniel chapter 9 verses 24 through 27 you write that time you would find that daniel prophesies of the time that jesus is going to come prophecy foretold isaiah foretold of the messiah micah foretold of the messiah daniel foretold of the messiah and these wise men these were wise magi they 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 searched the scripture they found in scripture what the messiah where he was going to be born when he was going to be born and it was the scripture the word of god that led them to jesus christ the word of god today will lead you to jesus christ Jesus said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. All through scripture you find Jesus proclaims himself as the word of God. He is the word. The Bible says in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. Jesus Christ is foretold in the word of God. You know, if you want to find the, the Lord this Christmas season, you've got to open the word of God. You've got to search for the truths. Listen to what the Bible has to say. I want to encourage you, church, this week, don't get too busy for the Word of God this week. There's a lot of things that are going to come into our path. There's a lot of things that are happening in our world, a lot of things that are happening in our lives. Don't get too busy for the Word of God. It doesn't matter if you're a baby Christian, you just have been saved for a short period of time, or you've been saved for a long period of time. That doesn't matter. Let us be found as Bereans in the Word of God, studying the Word of God, studying the Scripture. That's the place all of us need to be found you see many missed his first coming because they didn't read scriptures why was it that only the only the wise men knew how come Herod didn't know you know what's interesting there were scribes and there were priests that we found here in this passage of scripture they were just a, a short ways away Jerusalem is just a short distance from Bethlehem where Jesus was born how come they didn't get there first how come they didn't realize what this star meant? How come they didn't search scriptures and find the truth of scripture the same way the wise men found? The same way many are going to miss his second coming as well because they're not searching scripture. They're not finding out what the Bible has to say. And oh, listen to me, church. Listen to me closely. The Bible prophesied of the coming of Jesus Christ and the Bible prophesies of the second coming of Jesus Christ as well. It was right about his first coming, and it's right about his second coming as well. And just like some missed his first coming, others will miss his second coming as well. And that is so why it's so important that we understand the message of the Word of God. Scripture tells that he's coming again. So we need to understand this. How do we find Christ? We find him through listening to his Spirit. 
We find him through listening to the message of Scripture. And they also did this. The wise men saw him. They, they, they also were able to seek him because of the miracle of the star. Now, there is a lot of talk of what this star is. And many, many try to, and good people even, try to, try to prove what, what this was. It was certain, certain uh, uh, planets that lined up. And it was certain, certain things that took place. And, and they try to, they try to uh, 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 tell us this uh, and, and put it into perspective. But I want you to know this. I believe this was a direct miracle from God. I believe it was because of God's glory that was being shown. Just like in the Old Testament, when they spoke of the temple, they spoke of the, the Shekinah glory being shown. Just like in the Old Testament, when the cloud there was, was, was placed over the people of, of Israel, just like the fire was placed over the people of Israel, you can't explain that other than just simply this. It was God. It was the miraculous working of God to show that his son, Jesus Christ, was born. You know, I believe in miracles today, don't you? Just the fact that any of us have come to Jesus Christ, isn't that a miracle? Come on, now I know some of you. <laughs> That's a miracle. Where would you be without Jesus today? For many of us, this would be like a jail service, right? Many of us wouldn't even be here. Many of us would not even have the, the families, the jobs. We wouldn't have the many blessings we have. But because of Jesus Christ, we have the many blessings. All good things, the Bible says, comes from God. Aren't you thankful for the Lord? Aren't you thankful that he miraculously worked in your life? Oh, I was thinking just this past week, as I was studying for this passage of Scripture, I was thinking about uh, uh, who we baptized last week. And I was thinking about the, the miracle that took place of a man that was born in a, in a distant country that comes to the United States, that just, just happens to work with another fellow Christian, just, just so happens to give him the, the, the book done. He reads that book done, and, and, and God worked in his life, the Holy Spirit worked in his life, and he believed the Scripture, and God miraculously saved him and he was baptized last week. Isn't that a wonderful miracle from God? Or, or, or Abby who was just baptized a couple weeks ago who, who there was a, a couple of her friends that would witness to her through school and, and she didn't even come to the church here for different activities as a teenager but then God brought a lady from our church across her path in a retail store and she gave her the gospel and she bowed and trusted Christ as her savior. My friend, that is a miracle. God is still in the miracle working business. Oh, it might not be a star like the, the Magi saw, but God is still performing miracles. Aren't you so thankful for that person that brought the gospel to you? That was no accident. That was by divine appointment that God said, I'm going to perform a miracle in this person's life. God put the star in this place so that wise men could find Jesus Christ. And God has put people in your path and he has put you in places to find Jesus Christ. Oh, listen to me today. If you're here today and you have never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, today God has divinely put you in this place so that you too can find Jesus Christ. I love the miracles that God does. 
Sometimes we look at scripture in the past and we say, boy, it would be nice if God would do the same thing again. It'd be nice. I'd, I'd know what God wants if he'd just simply do some miracle. And at that same time, God takes a person that knows him and puts him in the path of someone else and he leads them to Jesus Christ. That is God working. It's a miracle. Would you write this down thirdly? Look with me in verse number 11. I know this is a familiar passage of scripture. Everyone knows this. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother. They fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, before I read that passage of scripture, how many of you could have told me the three gifts that the wise men gave Jesus? Yeah, everyone. And that's why it's so hard to preach to you Christians every Christmas season, because you know the story. You quote it. Our children can come up here and quote Luke. We know the story. We open this story, and as I was reading this story, certain verses you probably could recite with me by memory. And so in verse number 11, we find something that is so common. We know this, but let's look a little bit deeper he gave them three things, these wise men. What did the wise men give him? Let's look. Number three, would you write this down? What did the wise men give him? The Bible tells us this. First of all, he gave him gold. What's the significance of this? Gold speaks of his sovereign dominion. Look with me in verse number two of this same chapter. This is what the wise men were saying. Where is the where is born where is where is he that is born king isn't it interesting that these wise men knew that this was a king look with me in verse number six of the same chapter and thou bethlehem in the land of judah art not thou the least among the princes of judah for out of these shall come a governor that shall rule my people israel that governor is going to rule. It speaks of Jesus and his kingship. Here we find this. The, the, the uh, uh, men came, these magi, these wise men came from a great distance. They came with these gifts of gold. And that gift of gold was not by mistake. It was not by accident. Well, that gift of gold was a, a luxury just as it is today. That was a gift that was fit for a king. Gold was the most precious metal that they knew. And gold was that they brought to Jesus. Why? Because they knew they were coming to meet a king. The gold speaks of his sovereign dominion. It was used, it was used to signify a king. A king's crown was a crown of gold. A king uh, in, in the kingdom where a king ruled, his, his, uh, his house was a house of gold. The more gold the king could get, the more wise, the more powerful, the more majestic the king appeared. Gold represented the sovereign dominion of this king. It was used to signify a king. In Daniel chapter 9, verse number 25, the Messiah, Daniel said, is going to be a king. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7, he prophesied that the Messiah is going to be the king. Oh, I want you to understand today, it was a king. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. When the wise men came and offered him gold, this was not by mistake. It was not by accident. It was because they knew they were in the presence of the king of kings 
they gave him gold. The baby Jesus, he is king. He's king. And when you deal with Jesus, you're dealing with him in his sovereignty. You're dealing with him as king. I want to ask you this morning, this Christmas season, have you surrendered your worship to the king? Does he rule your life? Does he get what he wants out of you? This morning, as we worship our Savior, does he have all of your heart? The precious gold that was given was given because he was king. Write this down. The second thing that was given is frankincense. It's frankincense. And this speaks of his sinless deity. Again, these gifts were not gifts by accident. These gifts were gifts that were given on purpose. They were given because the frankincense speaks of his, his sinless deity. Not only is, the, is he king, he is also God. Now there's many that will say this, they believe in Jesus, but they don't believe he's God. You ask a Jehovah Witness that knocks on your door, he, he might say, yes, I believe in Jesus, but ask him, is he God? Is he God? If Jesus Christ isn't God, then his sacrifice, sacrifice on the cross is not sufficient. But no, he is God. And the frankincense that was given to him, it represents this sinless deity. It is an ingredient. What is it? It is an ingredient in perfume that was used in the tabernacle and the temple for the worship of God. Go with me to Exodus chapter 30. Quickly, would you go there with me? Exodus chapter 30. And I want you to see something in verse number 34. These sweet spices with pure frankincense. You see that in verse number 34? Exodus chapter 30, verse 34. Speaking of frankincense. Here we have this frankincense in these spices. Of each shall there be like a weight, the Bible says. It's a special ingredient that was placed in this sweet Spice. For what reason? Look with me, if you would please, in verse number 37. And as for the perfume, what perfume? The frankincense that was placed in this perfume, which thou shalt make, ye shall not make to yourselves according to the composition thereof. It shall be unto thee holy for the Lord. He said this ingredient of frankincense, when you mix it all together, it's an incense that's made only for the Lord. He said, don't use this for yourself. Don't put this on yourself. Don't wear this. This is something that we only give to the one that is the Lord. This is the one that is given to God. Not only did they worship him as king, that's why they gave him gold, but they worshiped him as God. That's why they gave him frankincense. This frankincense represented his sinless deity. All this today, worship is reserved only for God. All through the Bible, you would find that God says this, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Why was God so angry at Israel? Why did he allow the Assyrians to come in? Why did he allow Babylon to come in and take away Israel out of their country? Why? Because they worshiped other idols. God is to be worshiped, and God only is to be worshiped. There's no worship reserved for any other. 
And when these wise men came to worship him as king, they recognized as well that he is God. Oh, listen to me today. If you're going to come to God, you must understand that the only way through God is through Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what any other religion will tell you. It doesn't matter what any other person will tell you. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the only way. Oh, the world is trying to tell you that you can get to heaven however you want to get to heaven. The world is just saying that you can go the way you choose to go, that it is, it is wrong to tell someone that there's only one way, but I boldly claim this Christmas season to you today that there is only one way to heaven. It is only through Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ is God. He is God. And this frankincense represented He's God. Not only did they worship him as gold, as king, they worship him as God through this frankincense. Worship is reserved only for God. If Jesus is not God, then you cannot worship him. If Jesus is not God, then we have come today and we're sinning. We have come today and we worship Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, and He is God. If there's a message that needs to be preached in this day, in this age, it's the message that Jesus Christ is God. It's a message that must be preached. And then lastly, we find this myrrh. What is myrrh? Look, look with me in Mark chapter 15, just a a uh, few, uh, few pages over. Mark chapter number 15, verse number 23. And they gave him to drink wine mingled with myrrh. But he received it not. Look there again. They gave him to drink. This is when Jesus was being crucified. They gave him wine mingled with myrrh, but he received it not. They gave it to Jesus there on the cross. It's a bitter drink. You see, when they buried the dead in the day, in that day, they used myrrh to embalm the dead. Would you write this down? What is myrrh? Gold, we find, is, is a sign of his kingship. Frankincense is a, is a gift in showing of he is God, his deity. Myrrh is a sign a gift given that shows us the prophecy of his sacrificial death if you want to worship Jesus this year in wisdom this Christmas you worship him for a sacrificial death yes I know we worship the babe in the manger but he came to die in John 10, 18, the Bible says this. Let, let me just go there quickly. I'll read, there, read this for you. John 10, 18, Jesus said this. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Listen to me. Jesus was not murdered, and Jesus was not. He, he, man did not kill him. Jesus gave up his life. He willingly gave his life. Jesus willingly died. From the birth of our Savior, he had the shadow of the cross upon his life. These wise men came to Jesus and they realized something. He is king. He is God. 
and he is the sacrifice for our sins. This Christmas season, will you worship Jesus in the same way these wise men did? Gold, your wealth belongs to Jesus. Frankincense, your worship belongs to Jesus. Myrrh, your witness belongs to Jesus. What a wonderful, wonderful opportunity that we have to tell the world who Jesus Christ is. And church, this week, this upcoming week, would you commit with me that we are going to proclaim that Jesus Christ is King, that Jesus Christ is God, and that Jesus Christ was born so that he could die and pay the payment for our sin debt. Would you proclaim that today? Jesus is Lord. If you want to have a real Christmas, a true Christmas, joy this year in Christmas, then let's give our lives and our worship to Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me today?